six years ago, after he destroyed the Firewood Kingdom, Death Adder imprisoned the royal family from the Southwood Kingdom. Upon learning of this, three heroes, all having lost someone close to them through Death Adder years ago, decided to stand against Death Adder's evil and vowed to put a stop to his reign of tyranny. They were Axe Battler, the Barbarian, Tyrus Flair, the Amazon, and Gilius Thunderhead, the Dwarf. Hello and welcome to episode 8, officially, of the Rogues in the House podcast. Now, you know, we have all these half-casts and all this other stuff, so I think we're somewhere around like 12 to 14, uh, but we're going to call it episode 8. And in this fantastic episode 8, we are talking about sword and sorcery in video games, something that I think everyone can enjoy. With me, as always... We got two 8-bit and 16-bit uh, compadres here, Matt and Logan. What's going on, guys? Not much. I, I didn't join the, the video game world until the 64-bit era, so... That's true. I really should have been more specific about that. Yeah, you are more of a 64-bit. Yeah, I was going to ask, who's the 8 and who's the 16? Yeah. I, I'm actually... I would, I would definitely be a 16-bit guy. That's when video games sort of really blew my hair back. That's it. Never... All right. So you're. I'm eight. I'm really eight. You're sixteen, and then yeah. you're sixty-four. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, skip thirty-two. Yeah. We together. So did you play like Wave Racer for like three years when that was like the only game out? I actually did have my first game was Super Mario sixty-four oh, when I got man. Mario Kart. Great. Listen, um, we can't, I did we have can't Wave Race. Started. We can't get started with Mario sixty-four, but I will just tell you. It's that is in my top probably three video games of all time. That's oh yeah, that game. changed my life. Like yeah. I didn't even care about video games, so my parents got that for me. And yeah, yeah. talk yeah. about heroic fantasy, okay? And, and, <laughs> and sorcery. Yeah, when you when you ride the penguin down for, yeah. <laughs> on that level, stupid ice slide. Yeah. We are off to a terrible start. Yeah, can't do this. Can't do it. Turn this ship around. Okay, we're hitting the reset button. Actually, that was uh, that was pretty clever, the reset button, because, you know, old yeah, video, games video games yeah. actually had those. Well, so. I wish I was more clever about that. <laughs> you should have been way more smooth about yeah. that. Pop some sunglasses on and drop yeah. a mic or whatever the kids talk about now. I don't know. Ow! Right. Well, now in this, this day and age, people are, you know, live streaming their games and all that stuff. So you know, we're not quite there. Yeah. We're, we're back to the old stuff. Well, mostly <laughs> the old stuff. I think we'll have a few yeah. new ones in here as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So, all right, should we hop into our points of interest via the bazaar of the bazaar? <laughs> yes, let's let's walk through the bazaar of the bazaar and find an interesting. Ah, uh, damn it! An interesting, an interesting point, point of, of interest. I like fascination. You. Oh my god! Yep, this, uh, one, this is a good one. We're doing well. All man, right, we gotta get our get our groove back yeah, here. Do you ever, you know, like you ever you ever play like sports and you know you just feel like you don't have it that day? You know? Yeah, yeah. This that's might be one of those sport. days. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's me in every sport too. This is something that maybe our, our listeners can relate to somewhat. Um, Being non-athletic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I'm sure a lot of you are listening in the gym. No, yeah. really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's probably true. I told Logan I was. Uh, pumping iron earlier uh and listening to the predator soundtrack so that's a that's a different kind of nerd yeah that it? is a different kind of yeah. nerd. Uh, you well, we've I'm, learned that you are a special kind of nerd yeah i'm i'm weird that's fine <laughs> i uh no what i was gonna say is that it's actually um painting miniatures i find if you have not if you've had a long absence from painting miniatures 
the next one back is not good. You kind of have to like um, get back in the groove. Of yeah, you gotta relearn it. Yeah, I mean, you, you'll get you'll get it all back, but like the first couple uh, after a hiatus uh, tend to be not as good. I found. Yeah, I haven't painted in a while, like probably like a year at this point. Yeah, I go through waves, man. I get like a, a month where I, I bang off a bunch of them, but like there's just way too many priorities for me, mm-hmm. uh, and that is low on the list. Low on the list, indeed. But I still buy them. I still buy. Yeah, so um, I've definitely cooled off on that as well. Uh, my last haul was like about like 200 um, 15 millimeter guys and I was like okay I, I can't do that anymore <laughs> I switched scale I've yeah. lost everything yeah no I'm like and they were just like I 200 guys just sitting being unpainted yeah yeah I hear you I, I put mine in drawers so I don't have to see them <laughs> so the bizarre of the bizarre bizarre of the bizarre who wants to go first Matt I know you got like a big one you wanted to do so why don't yeah, you go yeah. first go ahead okay sure um so I had watched a trailer, um, I don't know, it feels like probably maybe a couple months ago, maybe not that long, for a film called The Headhunter. And I believe I shared it via our Facebook page and probably in the Conan Gaming Group as well. Correct. And the trailer, uh, really, like, I looked at that and I said, man, that is checking all the boxes for me. You've got this grim-looking Viking guy with an incredibly cool helmet. You've got what what promises to be something of a, of a revenge uh, picture, which I'm a large fan of. Uh, and you've also got uh, horror elements. And so I had been anticipating this film quite a lot. And it came out, I believe, last Friday. Um, and I rented it online. And, man, it really, for me, it did not disappoint. Like, it is a, it's an indie it's definitely an indie picture. Um, it is directed by a guy named Jordan Downey. Um, I looked at some of his other filmography. Nothing really stood out as, uh, you know, impressive. And it stars, really, there are two people in this film. One is Christopher, uh, I don't know how you pronounce his name, Rig. Um, he has appeared previously in The Last Kingdom, which is a show I have um, been saying everyone should watch. Ooh, I'm looking at IMDb. It says a budget of thirty thousand dollars. Holy cow! Wow. That's that's nothing. That's a drop wrap in the your bucket. Head, wrap your head around that. Um, and then I'm looking at the user reviews, and the first one that pops up is "I see no low budget." And actually, I agree. So here, here's the way I will pitch this film because I feel like I'm in danger of overselling it in 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 a in one way. This is not going to be a film that is going to um, blow you away with amazing fight scenes. In fact, there's almost no fight scenes. Um, and I think what the filmmakers did in a very smart way is decided, you know, here's the budget we have, what money are we going to put on screen? And they decided to essentially show, do the, do the fight scenes off screen, which sounds terrible for an action movie or for a, a horror movie, but it just, you got to take my word for it. it. It really worked. This is a brisk film. It is 72 minutes long. And I described it actually online in, in one comment as a revenge, a, a black magic revenge procedural. <laughs> and, and, and really, you know, uh, through the lens of like Viking stuff. Um, 
and that's that's really what it was um you've got i mean it's no question in my mind is it it's sword and sorcery it's uh dark fantasy so it's a, both of those things um I, I really don't want to talk too much about it it's a revenge tale and just you just really need to check this film out it is beautifully shot um which is something that's really important to me it's um yeah gorgeous cinematography uh really cool production design um the lead is absolutely compelling um and, <laughs> interesting yeah, yeah, I, was yeah gonna I, say, I think i know yeah. what you're gonna say yeah. yeah he he played conan in the conan exiles commercials where like uh the advertisements where conan is like in the modern day you know doing things for the sake of comedy <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 when you when you actually watch the film uh I, I would be convinced this guy could probably pull off Conan. There are very few lines of dialogue in the film, um, but he's got a good intensity. Like, I don't know. I find with budget films, you know, you, especially when it's a genre budget film, you're looking at like Sharknado style trash, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. This film is not that. You have to go in understanding it was made very clearly on the cheap. As a as a film buff, like for me, that actually made it all the more impressive, knowing that it was low budget and what they actually managed to capture. Um, gut punch ending. Uh, I don't know. I really don't want to say too much more other than you just, if you are listening to this podcast, watch the film, understand what they had to work with and be impressed by what they accomplished. Maybe it's a future episode, too. Like, you know, give it some time so people get a chance to sort of digest it, like me and Logan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah we'll exactly. And that's, that's, sure. kind of why, that's kind of why I don't want to say too, too much about it, but it's absolutely my point of interest for the week. And um, the other metric I use to measure a film that's actually good is, do I think about it the next day? Mm. Does it come back to me? Do I ruminate on that film? And this one I absolutely did. And I'm psyched to watch it again. So that's it. I was blabbering on for a little while there. What do you guys got? Nice. Well, mine, mine sort of has a segue uh, tangentially to yours. So mine is oh. also a, uh, a revenge tale. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> you guys are laughing because you kind of know where I'm going with it already. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, have, have you ever ordered something on or had like a subscription to something online uh be it a product or it's just something like a you know digitally and you cancel it and the company does not honor your cancellation oh yeah yeah That's a, yeah totally right so this happened to my wife earlier this evening <laughs> and i have never seen someone act in a more sword and sorcery and metal sort of way <laughs> than the literal bloodletting that she proceeded to, to cause on this poor customer service person for, for charging us, Ooh. for overcharging us. And, and we got the product. So it was a, it was a, um, a multi-million dollar, uh, you know, workout company that we'll, we'll say that has a, a subscription plan for various sure. nutritional things and that sort of thing. And uh, we canceled it after, after several years. And, um, you know, the product came once and she sort of said, oh, that, that's strange. Maybe it didn't, you know, maybe the, the cancellation overlapped. Then it came again and she went red 
in the eyes. Like, <laughs> like you know when you they say like Conan like the the red mist, like yeah. it ha- <laughs> like I saw it in her eyes, and my daughter who's nine is getting washed up <laughs> from bed, and I and she wasn't moving very fast, and I simply told her, "Do you hear your mother downstairs, and do you want her to come?" And see you in a state where you are not washed up and ready for bed. And I've never seen that kid put soap on her face so fast. <laughs> oh, that's great. So, yeah. So, that is that is my point of interest. So, and to, to wrap the story up, revenge was extracted. Refunds were given. Okay. Products were kept. She wow. she takes She takes no prisoners. And I pity the poor, <laughs> the poor people. She went through the first level person. And then after demolishing the first level person, she went to the boss. So like, you know, we're going to talk about yeah. this like video game style. Like she crushed like the mini boss and then went straight to the boss and like one shot the boss. <laughs> yeah. She somehow managed to glean more XP from the first level foe than they're supposed to give. Yeah. And up and then the exactly. Boss exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, was, yeah. the, was, the, was the customer service person being unhelpful or uh, standoff? Yes. At first. Yes. It's it was yeah, okay. it was well, like then, classic like no answer answers, you know. Yeah. Like, oh how yeah, come no. you know, why did you why is this still going? I was like, I am I'm very sorry, but I don't exactly know. But you know, we can certainly, you know, yeah. try to do something for you, but not really refund anything at the same time. You know, it's like what? Yeah. So she doesn't take that anyway. So that's my that's my point of interest. Sorry it wasn't more <laughs> uh, literature related, but I did need to share. So no, that's a good story. <laughs> yeah, sometimes life's like that, man. Yep. Sword and sorcery, yep. heroic fantasy, it's everywhere. Yeah, it's, you, know, you live the art, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Logan, you're up. All right. So um, I did share a picture of this a little bit ago. Um, I don't know, maybe a few weeks ago. Um, I am currently reading Edgar Rice Burroughs for the first time. Um, I am reading Tarzan and the Lost Empire. Um, it's got this awesome Boris Vallejo cover. Or, uh, and the art's fantastic. Um, I'm really enjoying it. It's not sword and sorcery per se. Obviously, it takes place. This is post World War One, Africa, and Tarzan is tasked by an old friend to find his son, who has been exploring an uncharted mountain range and has stumbled into um, a Roman colony, um, which is. <laughs> pretty pretty uh adjacent like the lost world thing is pretty source sword and sorcery adjacent um so it appears as though a colony uh or, or towards the end of the roman empire uh this fictional roman general was uh set up for assassination but found out about it and decided to, to go off into the unknown and and protect himself and took a bunch of his followers with him and they kind of got lost in Africa, set up shop, uh, and continued to live life as Romans did for like a thousand years or something like that, which is a pretty um, interesding premise, I guess. It's very pulpy, I should say. Um, this is not it my sounds, first. Ex- it it sounds that? like uh, it sounds kind of like Acheronians in oh, yeah. uh, in Howard's fiction. Totally, which um, I've, I've actually this, been it's told also. That- uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm just misremembering, but that's very like there's like an El Borak tale, right? Where uh, oh yeah, uh, Swords of the Hills, and he finds a colony of from like, Alexander the yeah, Great's yeah, followers, exactly in yeah. the in like Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah. yep. Um, very similar. Um, 
doing a little bit of reading, Matt actually sh- showed us um, uh, like a, I don't want to say a doctoral thesis, like an actual like college level paper about the origins of sword and sorcery. And in the excerpt, mm-hmm. it said that Edgar Rice Burroughs that has often been like, obviously Robert E. Howard is like the undisputed, like real sword and sorcery. But a lot of the ideas Edgar Rice Burroughs pioneered in the 1910s and 12s, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. Um, and I mean, and I always, the, the, the influence is all over Howard's writing, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I always found it interesting. And I haven't seen any of the old Tarzan movies other than the Disney one. And I don't get where people get this view of Tarzan, like the Disney Disney view of Tarzan. Like if I'm looking in this list of 24 Tarzan novels on the inside cover – We've got one where – or we've got two where he's in a lost city that used to be an Atlantis colony. We've got ant people. He goes to the Earth's core. We've got Romans yeah. <laughs> um, living a thousand years later. That is not the Disney version. Um, I actually really like the legend of Tarzan um, with um, Marvel Thor's little brother. I can't remember his name now. Oh, Loki. Um, Skarsgård. Oh, Skarsgård, oh, oh. yeah. Um Wait, what? No, He's... wait, maybe it's not. Isn't it? No. I thought it was a Hemsworth. No, it is a Skarsgård. You're right. No, but there's a, there is uh, a Skarsgård in Thor. It's the old dude, uh, the the scientist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he's related son. to the other Skarsgårds. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. He's not yeah. like the Baldwins, man. They're everywhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so not um, but you don't see a lot of Baldwins find... anymore. <laughs> I find that the that movie that we're talking about, it's fairly recent, like within the last four years maybe. It's actually yeah. pretty close to the source material. And before I even read this, I knew about um, the lost city of Opar, which is that Atlantean colony. Philip Jose Farmer has three books that are actually fantastic um, that detail the history and like the heroes in Lost Opar. But it's mentioned twice in that movie so clearly they knew the source material which disney clearly did not i just thought it was fun i actually uh i caught a, a you know probably 70 percent of that film on television not not too long ago like maybe a month ago and uh it really wasn't it wasn't too bad no uh, um, um I, i've read burroughs uh like a like a sample of tarzan uh and some john carter so i couldn't really speak to the fidelity but i thought the film was pretty watchable yeah and, and, and felt pulp in many ways totally um i also was experienced with edgar rice burroughs even though i didn't know it as a child because the land that time forgot yeah yeah was one of my favorite yeah. with doug mcclure and then what is it i think it's called at the earth's core um also doug mcclure um is the main character or main actor in yeah, those yeah. movies so you're well, saying that there's not a lot of um, the gorillas doing a drum solo on like pots and pans, right? Like, like the, Disney, the movie? Disney ones are so uh, they're so family, which I, there's a place for family movies. There is, but it's so removed from the source material. Like I don't even know if they read it. Just just but... just so we're clear, you're not surprised that the Disney version is family oriented. No, I'm not at all. Okay. I just. It's a weird. I, I actually like that me, part like, where they're like doing the little drum thing. Do bop she do. Good job, Phil Collins. Gets, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Disney gets a lot of things wrong. You know how wrong they are, but like hippopotamus, hippopotami. 
God damn it. I don't even the know. The most deadliest look, like land yeah. terrestrial creatures on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, real quick story. Uh, <laughs> the school I work at, I was talking to the kids as I often do. And my principal walks by and she hears me say, look, man, Disney got it wrong with hippopotamus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she just looks in and like laughs at me. I was like, that was a good moment to walk in. <laughs> oh, what, a, what a sound bite. Influencing yeah. minds. Yeah. Cool. That's, that's me. Nice. That was our points of interest via Bazaar of the Bazaar. Um, so let's hop into the meat of all the good stuff. So we're talking video games today. Uh, and before we get into our examples of sword and sorcery in the video game medium, uh, and I think we're probably going to rattle off a list. We said we we're going to sort of just kind of say a whole bunch of things and then pick a few that um, really resonate with us individually. Um, but before we do that, why don't we talk about like video games as a medium and whether or not we think sword and sorcery translates well into it. Um, what, 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 or if it has translated well into it so far, that's a good point. Right. Uh, and what genre seems to represent it the best in our opinion? I, I think that sword and sorcery has not been done justice in video games. And I think it's perfect for video games. Um, Nearly every Howard story that I can think of off the top of my head would make an awesome, like, video game. Then you could even build a series off of it with, like, they don't have to be, like, sequel after sequel and, like, story-wise. They're just adventures. And video games are often, they at least in my opinion, should be just an adventure. Um, I, I think yeah. that we get so many, especially with, like, the yearly sequels nowadays like so many of this so much of the same thing over and over and over again and i i think it's kind of an untapped storytelling device in mainstream media as a whole like we don't need to have interconnected stories with cliffhangers and everything but that's my I, opinion. i agree so. with that so i agree with that i actually think though that uh sword and sorcery does not translate that well to video games so i'm going to play the counterpoint here yeah, because so I think it once did. I think, you know, prior to Logan's time in the time before time, video games <laughs> told an adventure story. Right. Right. Was, I think they're very basic games telling a very generally a very basic adventure story. At some point, they became super duper complex and it no longer lends itself, I think, well to um, to sword and sorcery because characters need to have a lot of powers uh, a lot of different ideas of kind of what leveling would be. And it doesn't seem to me that sword and sorcery fits that very well. Now, that's not to say that someone couldn't like rewrite the way it is, but I'm just saying the way I see the industry now, I don't really look at it as a great fit. Solid. Um, I'm not going to spoil mm. anything because I personally have something very controversial I want to say at the end just sure. for the sake of the wow factor. But it's not that I disagree with you at all, um, because I do a lot of these complex, especially open world, like we'll we're just gonna, we're none of us are going to talk in depth about Skyrim. Skyrim has elements of sword and sorcery, but it is not a sword and sorcery game in my book. Sure. And um, I think Matt okay, wanted so to me, say something too. So let's let him chime in on yeah. it. Cause I, I heard him, pitch. I heard him. Hmm. My comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, first of all, I think that like 
in some ways we need to sort of check our ignorance at the door and I'm not aiming that at you two. I'm aiming it at me as well, because to truly know what's happening by and large in video games, we would have to be excessive gamers, right? True. And I think you factor in indie titles um, and everything else that I'm sure there's things out there we're we're missing as far as um, where it does fit in or where it could fit in. But I was thinking uh, something like Grand Theft Auto. Now, obviously that on its surface is not sword and sorcery at all, but a game like that uh, where you're just this person running around doing shady things for shady people uh, going on these weird missions sounds to me like it could work for sword and sorcery. And then I thought to myself, well, hey, The Witcher kind of does yeah. that. You just described and The Witcher 3. <laughs> exactly. So I, I feel, and Witcher is not going to be a title I talk about much, even though I think yeah. it is absolutely an incredible game. I think that one kind of fits the niche fairly well in that you've got all these side quests. Yes, there's a bit of an epic feel to it. There's also almost a bit of altruism happening there. But he is a guy who is killing monsters for money, which to me is not your typical uh, epic fantasy. Sure. Yeah, and I think right. so. I think that that might stand alone or nearly alone as one of the the few exceptions. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And you know, to what I was saying, and you you brought it up, I think that that grand scale, that epic scale is what most video games try to capture. Like you gotta, you know, in order to really sell video games these days, and again, I'm not like I know every last video game out there, you need to Mm. blow people away with some sort of, with several epic set pieces. Um, And you really have to like drive some like world ending problems a lot of the time in these video games that your character is trying to fix. So I don't know. It seems like the, the, the either, and because they need to be so mass consumable, um, and if you're really doing a game that's focused or aimed just at an adult audience, then your budget's going to be smaller, uh, potentially, right? Not, 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 not necessarily, but yeah. they're, they're trying to cast the widest net. So yep. sword and sorcery with moral grayness um, isn't necessarily always going to work there. And, and to, be, to be clear, I think what we're, what we're saying here is that we're talking about sword and sorcery in the ways that we have defined it previously not aesthetically because i think aesthetically sword and sorcery is is and always has been on you know alive and well in video games yeah for oh, sure, yeah, for sure. You know, thematically and um otherwise um retelling is that there and that's where i think the question is a little more uh, i'm not sure right yeah. um in that case so from what we what we have Let's just try to answer this question. What what video game genres seem to at least um, capture this at least well enough? And let's let's limit it. So let's not say RPG. Let's try to sure. break yeah. what kind of RPG down that you have, like an action RPG, I, turn-based yeah, RPG, I, um, you know, that sort of thing. I think an action an action RPG has the, the best shot. Right. Because you've got to have storytelling elements. Um, you've got to have agency but you also, I mean, just a straight action game. I mean, I don't know. I, how many straight action games do we have now that just involve swords that don't have a 
that do not have uh, RPG, at least light element. You know, right? What I mean? Right. Adding the RPG elements is a very big trend in games mm-hmm. now. They, I mean, it's even yeah, in, like I mean, Call of Duty. This is very yeah. much the age of the first-person shooter. We get so yeah. many first-person shooters; it's ridiculous, and they still have RPG elements in them. Yeah. Well, people like yeah, I, people I, like that leveling yeah, mechanism. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I think that unlocking exactly. things is fun. Right. It's sort of the carrot that keeps you moving. Yeah, I get into that with kids all the time because they they always like to take their pot shots. Oh, you playing Dungeons and Dragons, Mr. Solomon? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know where all that stuff from your video games comes from? Yeah, right. Dungeons and Dragons. Right. How many hit points do you have? What's your XP? Guess where it came from? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. God, you kids don't know anything these days. When get I was off my alarm. Yeah, can, get off my lawn. Polyhedral dice decided things. <laughs> Now yeah, now yeah, getting your parents' credit card. Do uh, I don't know why I'm turning into a wise guy here. Yeah, it's like a Chicago on. gangster. I like that. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was quite the transition. A lot of character development yeah. in that one little. <laughs> when you go with the old voice, you got when you the old guy voice, you got to tuck your your lips like in your teeth. You're gonna talk a little bit more like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's the true. way I do it anyway. <laughs> don't get me uh, doing voices. You know I can get carried away. <laughs> Uh, I have to agree with everything Matt said. I think if you're going to have a game that had the best chance of being a real sword and sorcery, it's got to, it's probably going to be an action RPG. Uh, for reasons I will talk about later, I do think straight story driven action games have high potential. Um, mm. Again, not spoilers from what I'm going to say later. Um, but on the action RPG front, I think Assassin's Creed Odyssey is a pretty sword and sorcery game if you consider uh, Carl, Ad- Carl Edward Wagner's Kane sword and sorcery. It's got more of well, the sci-fi yeah. bent, you but better. it is not... Yeah, exactly. Um, it's not full-on magic. It's definitely sci-fi, but it's not a world-ending plot. There's RPG stuff, there's exploration, there's swords... Um, it has all the elements. Um, it's not necessarily a game for everybody, uh, but I I would say it's one of the most sword and sorcery, or at least tries to be sword and sorcery games available on the market today, at least not mm-hmm. on eBay or something. Sure, nice. Um, <laughs> was that one of your picks? Not be specific there. Uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was yeah. that one of your picks? No, uh, no, it is not. Oh, so you like snuck a pick in, kind of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that seemed like a pick. That felt like a pick. Nope, not a pick. All right, so in that case, I think we've kind of defined, um, you know, at least our, our own personal thoughts on um, how video games are handling sword and sorcery. Should we jump into uh, our actual picks? Yeah, yeah. All right, so my first pick is I'm going, I'm picking by the series. Uh, this probably will be no surprise to anyone who has listened. Uh, and then I will talk about the most recent one as well. But the, my pick is Gauntlet now. Um, for mm. those of you, uh, who know me at all, you know that I have an addiction to this game that dates back to 1985 when the first game came out. So 1985, uh, you know, little me is getting dragged into movie theaters and there is this ridiculous standing arcade that allows four players to sit there and do their thing. And I looked at this and the art on it has like, you know, the wizard, the barbarian, the Valkyrie, 
the the, the archer, not an elf. I'm yeah, not calling it. Call it an yep. Elf. yep. <laughs> uh, and I'm I'm fine with elves, but you know, so that was one of like the first like I'm gonna feed you a bit of fantasy, and of course, you know, you see the barbarian with the big meaty axe and all that, and you're just like, let me give you quarters now. So that for me, and then I eventually get that on the, on the Nintendo Entertainment System, uh, and there you go. That's the that's the um, the start of of my deep deep love of that series. In college, uh, I picked up uh, on Nintendo sixty four. This is this is so Logan. When you were playing Nintendo sixty four, I was in college playing Nintendo sixty four. I was in high school, middle school. No, that's not um, that. Yeah, actually, it was probably middle school. Yeah, I actually played. I got the sixty four in middle school for sure. Yeah. So I did play this port you're going to talk about though. Yeah, Gauntlet Legends. Yep. So again, I, I don't know that it's a true sword and sorcery thing. Um, it feels it to me. Uh, this one probably is a little bit more of a departure because eventually your warrior like morphs into a minotaur, um, and they they all sort of have this like second level of their their character class, I guess you'll call it. Uh, but man, it was just so much fun. And then uh, in 2014, so again, we missed a lot of classes playing this one in college. That was that was a a blast and we beat that thing start to finish back in the day when blockbuster video you had to go and like rent a thing and you know pay a late uh, fee and all that good yeah, stuff yeah memories uh, and then in 2014 they there was a, a gauntlet remake and uh, it was done uh by arrowhead game studios you missed Gauntlet Dark Legacy so, with the Jester. So I know. So I never actually, <laughs> I will have to be honest. I know that D- Dark Legacy is an amazing game, and yeah. I've heard the best things about it. I never went and played it at the time. I ne- didn't really have the, the, the stuff for it, and I can't go Was back to it now. I've tried. 64? I don't play stuff with clowns on the front cover. So No, it was, um, it was uh, GameCube and PlayStation 2. Yeah. And actually Xbox really? 2, apparently. Yeah. Maybe I don't know what I... I'm sure I played it. I don't remember on what. It must have been PlayStation. But, it, you know, that one That one I passed, and then I tried to play it on emulation, and it was kind of shoddy, and, it, like, you know, I don't. everybody looks like a triangle now, you know, sure. <laughs> when you play those old games. Well, so, that's, that's, an interesting, that's an interesting point all on its own, is that there's an era of video games that are just friggin' ugly now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you look back at old Genesis and Super Nintendo, and they still have a lot of charm, but... Uh, Nintendo 64 yeah. and PlayStation 1 and like yeah, it's it's hard. An, it's, early it's polygons are rough. Early polygons yeah. are rough for sure. They are rough. Um, so without taking up too much more time on my pick, Gauntlet 2014, uh, we've played it a little bit together. Uh, I've put in hours and hours and hours on it. And I mean, I just, I just love it. It's so much fun for me. Um, it's cooperative. It is a ton of fun. It's cooperative. It's it a ton of fun. Yeah. Um, and I would yeah. say yeah. that of all video game IPs that are out there that are sort of like, uh, you know, meandering around, not really getting much love. If I had the money to buy that IP, this would be the one that I would buy and I would make it my little project and i would nurse it back to health and everyone would be enjoying gauntlets for forever forever yeah <laughs> but i mean i think uh i think compared to other meandering titles um it's it's had a really good run and and continues to survive fairly well all considered it has it has um yeah. and many I, others that that absolutely kills my soul that they're 
nowhere to be seen anymore. Well, I think you're going to have some of them, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I think some of your picks might be be that. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, that's my pick. I think that the sword and sorcery aspects of it are heavily in the aesthetics. Um, Mm. And and again, these are are generally, uh, even in the newer ones, very, very light on the RPG. You level, you have experience, but it's like you're not really picking too much. Yeah, you um, basically buy your skills with the money you get because Gauntlet's all about getting the money. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Get, getting the loot and um, trying trying to well, just push the levels that you go, you know? This is didn't probably controversial. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say this is probably controversial, but I enjoy the new Gauntlet more than Diablo 3. I, I don't. Don't I didn't disagree. Care much for Diablo 3. I don't. <laughs> I've, so I've put a ton, and I mean a ton of hours in both of those games. And there is, I think there's more challenge in Gauntlet than there is in Diablo 3. Um, yeah. And, and so, I think that, yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree. It could use a little bit more uh, on the character development for Gauntlet sure. compared to always, Diablo 3, but, it, but it, it is a great game. I always found that in Diablo, I spent more time in the menu than I did, like, fighting monsters, especially with 3 on the PlayStation 4, trying to, like, fiddle with getting all your left arm, right arm, shoulder pad, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And Gauntlet Can really I... streamlined that part. Wait, Let me go just ahead, tell Matt. you what the, the real tragedy with Diablo 3 is very simple to me. And it is that the art direction sucks. Oh, yeah. Really? I didn't think it was that bad. I, I don't like compared style in general. Compared to Diablo and Diablo 2 which looked very cool. It looked dark. And then Diablo 3 came... Okay, sorry. Sucked is, is dramatic. It's being cruel. It's being disingenuous. But something happened with the true 3D there that just, for me, robbed it of its spirit. Diablo felt dark. It felt hellish. Part 3, to me, felt like a cartoon. And I guess all yeah, I can see video that. games and isometric video games, to an extent, are going to be fairly cartoony. But man, I just feel like the art direction changed and it just lost that gritty, it lost the horror for me. Like uh, when I played Diablo 3, it just didn't, I don't know, it wasn't steeped in dread as much as clearly they tried. I can understand. um, So like I, I, at first I was ready to disagree with you because you just said like the art sucked and I didn't, wasn't like, I I wasn't down with that exactly. So, but this is, this is Blizzard we're talking about. Who, you know, when you think about their body of of recent work with World of Warcraft, and this came out in um, like 2012, 2013, Diablo, that is, right? That's like like pinnacle World of Warcraft style of art and all that, all that good stuff. You know that they're just borrowing that 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 asset essentially. The second you have shoulder pads as big as the rest of your character's body (laughs) come out, damn it, man! I'm so sick of giant shoulder pads. Yeah. This is the second uh, time that the big shoulder pad things have come up on this yeah. podcast. <laughs> well, they're they're terrible, yeah. man. Like yeah. they just they 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 ruin things. But okay, and I I just want to say, yeah, like I don't actually like taking a uh, taking a shot at that. Like like obviously the artists who created it are competent and and oh, yeah. uh, great in their own For right. Sure. And and I'm I'm actually really trying to be more cognizant lately of just not being one of those internet dudes who just hyperbolizes everything as being terrible and that my childhood's ruined and blah, blah, blah. I, I, I just like what, it's just not constructive anymore. And 
yeah, so I, I just when I say things like that, I, I'm actually going to go ahead and say, you know what? I don't really mean that. What I yeah, mean yeah. is it's not in the direction that I right. I love. It sucks I for like. you. For me, it feels. Yeah, yeah. And it, but even then, not even so much sucks. Just it hurts because I saw what it was and sure. I don't like what it has become. Right. Incidentally, fair, right? though, uh, Matt, do you know Logan's favorite class in Diablo 3? I think it's a monk, isn't it? It, it is the monk. You're right. <laughs> well, I, one of my characters is a monk. Let's not say favorite. Yeah, no. It, it's, I, it's up I have it on good no. authority that it's your favorite. Shh. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm under the impression that it is your favorite, and I think I have that in writing. I'm going to propose that we create a bingo board, a, a rogues in the house bingo board for listeners, right? And you get, monks got to be the free space because now that's just a thing. And then we'll do like large we... shoulder pads as one, and, and you know yeah, yeah. cover it up as you go, and you you have a you have a um you know a flagon of ale. Every time you you, and then uh, if, you cover something up, if Arnold comes in, yeah, and he's yeah, like, yeah, hey guys, yeah. how are you? I decided to pop in to do the podcast here, but yeah. I was sorry, I got to go back to California. Yeah. <laughs> or, or we say forge milk. Yeah, forge. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. So yeah. I think we're, we're developing a, a rogues in the house bingo board. All right. Yeah. So that okay. is that's definitely enough time on my my first pick, and I also <laughs> kind of boned the whole thing because I said we were going to list a whole bunch of stuff, um, and then I forgot we, that we, we were going to list a bunch of we stuff. We can do that. We can we can do we'll that. Do we can. Yeah. Do it at the end or organically. It's all going to come up. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. All right, who uh, wants to go next then? Uh, I'll go. Uh, that's fine. Yeah, uh, I'm all about the controversy tonight. Um, so I picked two Japanese games. Love it. To talk about. And the first one I'm going to talk about is actually a Japanese RPG, which means turn-based. Love it. Uh, <laughs> I know. I, I, I also... I also hate turn-based RPGs except for this game and Pokemon, but that's a whole different level of nerddom that I'm not going to go into. Are you getting it? Uh, Are you going to get Sun and Shield, by the way? Uh, Sword and Shield? Uh, maybe at some point. I haven't been on my Game Boy a whole lot lately. Uh, well, it's going to be on Switch. You'll need to so. get a Switch. Oh, it's not on Game Boy? Well, probably not then because I'm not going to buy a Switch. I'm not into gimmicks on my consoles. I just want to play a game, but... I don't even know what the heck. That's fine. We'll talk about it. Anyway, sorry. Staying on point. Um, Staying on point here. So (laughs) this JRPG is called Defenders of Oasis, and it first appeared on the Sega Genesis. And I actually played a port on the Nintendo 2DS that was sold for like $2 on their like e-store. And the only reason I picked it up is because the artwork – and the artwork is very um, sword and sorcery. It clearly channels Frazetta in its depiction. But I also love the setting uh, because whether I knew it or not as a child, my very first introduction to sword and sorcery or what I would call SNS was uh, Ray Harryhausen movies. Um, specifically Sinbad. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe there's three or four Sinbads um, by the Harryhausen or one of his, uh, I guess, underlings or like people he tutelaged um, were involved in. And this JRPG is an Arabian setting, very much like 1001 Nights. And you have your prince, who is your swordsman, kind of like Prince of Persia. You've got a genie, who's your mage. Um You've got a thief, and you've got a bandit in your party. And uh, you 
basically go around um, fighting monsters, trying to take back your kingdom from an evil sorcerer called Ariman, which I discovered is also part of a Middle Eastern mythology. But Ariman always reminds me of the heart of Ariman, mm-hmm. and it's very Sinbad. It's very One Thousand One Nights. Uh, the music is fun. It's lighthearted. It's clearly meant for you know younger kids. It's not like a little kids game, but because people do die. Uh, but it's one of those kind of charming dragon warrior kind of uh kind of rpgs uh it's short there's not a lot of grinding uh and i think if you like sinbad style clash of the titan style movies uh i think it'd be right up your alley uh especially for how cheap it is on nintendo's e-store um totally worth a check out if you are interested at all in in jrpgs Nice. So, Very cool. I'm yeah. looking at it now. I'm actually not familiar with this one, so it looks Yeah, it looks it's cool. kind of like an unheard of game because when you think JRPGs, the first ones that come to mind are Final Fantasy, which I do not like. Um, I did play Dragon Warrior 1 and 2, and someone did mention it on our Facebook page as video games they considered sword and sorcery, um, which I can see. Dragon Warrior 1 and 2 are very good games. I, I haven't played any of the sequels. I actually, yeah, I did like, I did like Dragon Warrior. Um, yeah. I never, never, ever, ever liked Final Fantasy, not even for a no. second. So no. I don't like the art. I don't like the story. I don't like the style of game. Uh, and obviously, I, you know, I interact with fantasy nerds all the time, and they look at me like I'm crazy. But yeah, I, I truly, and I've said this before, and people tend to strongly disagree with me, but I feel that turn-based combat is a relic that no longer needs to exist because technology <laughs> allows us to not have to do it anymore. And that if you like oh, it, yeah. you're really just playing off of nostalgia because there's better ways to do it. No. I'm going to get yeah. no. with arrows for that. No. But that's... I mean, that's D&D like is turn-based no. and it still exists. Yeah, so. so, okay, there's this game that was invented that's called Chess. And <laughs> yeah. so it's. I don't think it's wrong to take a game of chess and essentially... Uh, embellish that and that that's what a turn-based strategy game really is it's a it's a larger game than chess so i know what you're saying and i even i agree with you i guess what it is for someone who wants to play gloomhaven sorry i didn't mean to cut you off yeah i know you're just you're just nuts you're you're right i guess what what i mean is what i what i should say what i should preface with when i'm when i'm digging into a video game i'm looking for a particular thing if I want to do a turn-based game, then I want to be sitting at a table with friends. If I'm going to play a video game, I want to be immersed, and I want a bit of a simulation uh, that is that is a lot more fluid and live action. So sure, and that but for that's me, for you. Yeah. Some some there are other people out there, right? You know, and we've and we've kind of put that right. We've said that already. Didn't we say this earlier in the chat? Yeah, where yeah, I express yeah. I get you. I am with like. Uh, and I'm not aiming this at you guys, but it's just like, hey, Internet, if I say something that is not an objective fact, I should not have to hashtag IMO. I'm going to make you do it every time. It, it is every my opinion. Time. Every time. Every clearly, time. Clearly, <laughs> it's my opinion because I've just voiced it and it's subjective. So, hmm. All right. Sorry. That's okay. No, that's, all, that's all right. You're, you're, I think uh, you're going to have a hard time this episode. Uh, 
turn-based sucks, and uh, we'll just move past it. <laughs> I do think, especially for me, um, RPGs in general, not even just turn-based RPGs, I'm so tired of medieval Europe and Vikings. I'm done. Yeah, okay. And the fact that this is uh, like Middle Eastern mythology sure. um, is a completely different thing. I'm willing to put up a turn base so I don't have to see another knight or a guy in a horned helmet. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. That, that's fair I mean, enough. I, I'm, I am partially with you as much as like I will always have a bit of a soft spot for Vikings, etc. I absolutely oh, yeah. think they are. They're, we're getting into the overplayed uh, realm, and I would like to see different cultures in the world uh, be more so fantasized, as it were. And, Vi- uh, Vikings are where zombies were, like maybe like 10, yeah. 10 years yeah. ago, maybe. I don't know. Like, yeah. We've even gotten Viking zombies to an extent, haven't oh. we? Hard home yeah. on we Game are, of Thrones. We are yeah. lucky. Yeah. Yeah. What, a, what a wonderful world it is. <laughs> cool. Well, you know what? And, and we're, we're, we're spoiled too, right? It's like I see people complaining about like recent Marvel films and I'm like, Listen, young man, yeah. imagine yourself uh, 18 years ago and you saw this film. You would have crapped your pants because you had never seen a live action superhero film done that well. And now you're taking it for granted. So yep. just slow your roll. Yep. I, I, <laughs> I have a uh, this a lot of these conversations we're having. I have with uh, with my own friends as well. And they get yeah. mad at me because I'm not the best movie watcher anymore. I don't I don't catch them all. And yeah. one, one friend in particular says you spent so many years being like just wait till they have the technology to develop you know good superhero <laughs> movies now they got it and i'm like oh i really don't have the time to watch them i'm sorry <laughs> yeah my like uh, hot water heater isn't working yeah right, right now, no, so i have hot water heater problems <laughs> <laughs> and the other and your whole uh turn-based stuff it's funny i have um a, a friend who plays a lot of games um and i know turn-based are just one of his most favorite uh, favorite styles, uh, favorite genres. Um, so, you know, I, I feel, I feel the need to jump to his defense on those. Well, and, and you know what? I'm full of, I'm full of crap anyways, because like I, know. I, I played, um, I, <laughs> no, we know Matt. Uh, <laughs> no, I played, uh, I played Baldur's Gate and yeah. I played, um, yeah. uh, Icewind Dale was awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, in Warriors of the Eternal Sun on Sega Genesis, like I, destroyed that game those are all turn-based yep. i guess it's just uh these days i i don't have time for that no i, I agree so <laughs> I, I mean honestly when it comes down to it I, I we all the three of us say we don't really play a lot of video games as it is anymore like and i think when it's cooperative yeah. there's a chance that the three of us will sit down and play it yeah but other than that yeah. it's not a lot of video games that are going on um so we're no. nostalgic we're being nostalgic about a lot of this and um just i don't know just aping on whatever we want on this whole thing. So right. that said, why don't we move over to yours, Matt? Cause I know you got a good one. Right. So, um, when I was a young man, uh, I don't know how old I would have been. I want to say I was, would you, would you say it was the golden age? Six. Yeah, it was the gold, golden years. <laughs> oh, oh. Sorry. Uh, I love David Bowie. Uh, so yeah, when I, when I was, when I was young, uh, probably junior high or pre junior high, we got a Sega Genesis for Christmas and I had never actually had a super Nintendo. Uh, sorry. I did have a super Nintendo, but I never got an NES prior to that. We had a Commodore 64, which, um, 
was very cool in many ways, but you know, everyone else had an NES and I would play them at other people's houses. And then we kind of just skipped a step and went to Sega Genesis. And I still have lots of nostalgia for Sega Genesis. Mm -hmm. Um, we got Tommy Lasorda baseball. That was was fun. We still played it. We still played it, but we also got golden ax and altered beast. Um, and golden ax to this day, uh, stands out in my mind. Um, as a as a as a golden nugget of of video games. Yeah, uh, it's a classic side-scrolling beat 'em up game, uh, heavily inspired by you know sword and sorcery art at that time. Uh, directly inspired by Conan the Barbarian, um, and it was. I mean, it was the closest thing you were really going to have to feeling like you were hacking away as Conan in a video game, which as a young fan was awesome. But I I think mainly when I think of this as a sword and sorcery piece, it is almost most, it is almost entirely based on the aesthetics. I mean, you had Boris, Boris covers uh, and then other, you know, facsimiles of other sort of fantasy artists. And um, well, and actually, there's many covers for many different versions of these of the game, um, some better than others. Mm-hmm. But clearly, it was it was you know it it was in sync with what you would see on paperbacks, right? It was the same sales pitch. Yeah, it was you know scantily clad warrior women, super jacked muscle men, barbarians. Um, interestingly, on the cover that I had, your barbarian who was called. Axe battler. He doesn't actually battle with an axe. Maybe he battles axes. Um, <laughs> he, had, he had blonde hair on the cover. Yeah, he has kind of the He-Man look. Yeah, yeah. he's got the He-Man look. You know, back in the day, you're a sword sorcery artist. You get your editor. They're like, all right, listen, son, are you going to do the Conan or are you going to do the He-Man hair? I yep. mean, you decide. Yep. I'm figuring that from New York, you know, John Buscema's getting, uh, he's getting direction from the... Uh, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> the the parallel too that Golden Axe has so like Golden Axe is sort of the side scrolling gauntlet in my opinion like I yeah, I see, I see those that. two as very very yes. similar uh, and I I always thought it was interesting that like Gauntlet had like the elf archer and Golden Axe had like the dwarf axeman yeah, yeah. you know yeah, yeah. I just thought it was like oh we're gonna go a different direction on that one and he was wearing his little green tunic yep um, so Golden Axe. I think came out in 1990 or 91. 89, actually, arcade uh, arcade release. Oh yes, yes, yes. Sorry. So yes, it started in the arcade. Um, and the arcade was a little was a little cooler. Um, the de- the developer, the primary developer, was Mikado Ushida. Uh, I don't know that I'm pronouncing that properly. He was also responsible for Altered Beast. Mm. Um, and I found out he originally wanted to make this an RPG game. And then Sega's involved, and they're like, uh, no. <laughs> we want something that's going to eat coins. So um, you're going to create this sort of game. And so you mean really you're saying was... that it was almost turn-based? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not saying that. Yeah, I, well, think that's what you're saying. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Back in the day, I guess, yeah. Did action RPGs exist back then? I don't know. No, yeah, they, they were nice. beat-em-ups. That's, but that was an action <laughs> yeah. RPG. It was like basically yeah. a side-scrolling beat-em-up. You collect potions and you do magic, which yep. is that's an interesting aspect 
aspect of the game, right? That every character has magic uh, they can do. And that was kind of one of the cool points was that you could, depending on how many potions you spent in the spell, the spell would have a different effect and a different graphic, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was always awesome. If you were uh, the, the, the female warrior named Tyrus Flair, uh, she had like the super sweet dragon breathing uh, yeah. bit for her mac magic right um your other character option was gilius thunderhead <laughs> which is a really pretty cool name for a dwarf that was um, pretty good actually in the picture you posted from the cover uh, yeah, uh, yeah. he's wearing a unitard which i think is fantastic yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a boris that's a boris cover too yeah. and he's like he's super jacked and like oiled. yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You gotta love that Boris art, man. It's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, he's just like everyone's a bodybuilder who is <laughs> at, right in the middle of a competition. They're posing and they're super jacked and tanned. <laughs> and like, there's, there's a real charm, though. You know, I'm not gonna yeah, say yeah, it. totally. I'm not gonna say I don't like it. It's totally awesome. Um, <laughs> I would not be, I would not be part of this show if I didn't think that was awesome. You know, <laughs> what has brought me here. But uh, I, I mean, the game's story is is pretty, you know, straightforward. Like all three of those characters, Axe Battler, Tyrus Flair, and uh, Gilius Thunderhead, are all um, they all have a, a vendetta uh, and are on a quest for revenge against Death Adder, who is this sort of, um, you know, he's sort of like a death dealer type, except he's super super jacked, bodybuilding. Blue yes. skin yeah, yes. giant, yeah, with a horned helm and a gigantic axe, um, totally iconic sword and sorcery enemy. One of the beautiful uh, things about side scrolling beat 'em ups too is how like the bosses were always larger than you, yeah, too. Yeah. Like, I yeah, always yeah, thought yeah. that was funny. Uh, yeah, I, I have I... a funny story I think about Golden Axe. Um, I on our one of our first computer, I think it was a floppy disk port that I had of Golden Axe. And in the first level, shortly after you beat up a couple guys and ride a pink parrot dinosaur, there's the a spot. You... Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, you yeah. have to jump over a chasm at one point. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah. I could never, ever, ever make that jump. I played do, the first five forward, minutes. Bro. Words, quick forwards. I think seven-year-old Logan did not understand the concept of this. So I'd like inch forward trying to get as far out as I could, but I'd always, always <laughs> no, miss. Man. I've never played more than the first three minutes of Golden Axe. <laughs> oh, my God. You got to get the running start. You get the running yeah. start. And, then you're... Yeah. And, and that's <laughs> But that's actually a really cool feature of the game is that you, you ride on these giant dragons and dinosaur yeah. beasts, right? Yeah. Back in the day, that was super cool. Like – Nothing looked like Golden Axe before that came out. Totally. You know what I mean? Like you had NES and then you were in the arcades and then yep. they did a pretty good facsimile for um, for the home version. So anyways, Golden Axe, pretty, pretty straightforward game in that regard. Um, it had sequels, Golden Axe 2, which I found out was considered to be something of a letdown uh, for most people. And I can kind of see why in retrospect, because it it really was a... Uh, sort of thrown together new version, but it's very much the exact same gameplay. Graphics aren't too much different. New skins on enemies, you know, like the skeletons kind of became 
lizard men in terms sure. of their attack, yeah. where they were the, the pain in the ass enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were there were a series of other sequels, like Golden Axe Three was only released in Japan and it wasn't very good. But then there was uh, this one game that only came out in arcade, and it's almost like this weird sort of legend or like dream in my mind. And I didn't even actually know it existed until the age of YouTube. When I was younger, um, I was on a trip with my family and we went to, we went to like New Brunswick. And anyways, I was in like a theme park and it was an arcade. And I, I didn't know if I was imagining this, but like I saw this game and what I learned was that it was a new version of golden ax called the revenge of death adder. Oh yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah. And it's, only it only ever came to arcade and it wasn't ported to other systems but like it was a huge step up like you had different like you weren't just side scrolling in certain points you'd be kind of moving up into the screen mm-hmm. and you were like riding giant scorpions and like the enemies were huge on screen and like it blew my mind as a young man and i don't remember why i wasn't able to play it or whatever we were kind of like moving our way through rather quickly and then I had well, seen one pictures of the and like is a centaur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of them is like okay. a centaur, and one of them is a giant, and Gilius Thunderhead rides on his back. Like I found all this out later. Um, but I had seen pictures and do you remember Electronic Gaming Monthly when it was a oh, magazine? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I had seen pictures in there and then it's like, man, like I, I think I, I think a tear fell down my cheek that like I'd Aww. somehow missed out, you know? <laughs> but uh yeah, so in a way it was just this legendary game in my mind. And interestingly, it had several different titles, which I can't remember at the time, um, but they settled on Golden Axe because the dwarf had a Golden Axe in the arcade version. Sometimes that's all it takes. But in the Sega Genesis version, the axe wasn't gold. Yeah. It's blue, isn't it? It's just like, yeah. It's like metallic looking. It's just metallic looking. I think Death Adder, or sorry, I think it's Deathbringer is the final boss. Uh, I think he had the golden axe, or maybe his son did. I don't know. But anyways, it seemed like it's kind of a weird oversight there, Sega Genesis. <laughs> you blew it. <sighs> Here's an interesting little tidbit, I think probably just uh, lending credence to what you're saying. Um, lead producer Makoto Yoshida was fond of action movies, particularly the Conan films and wanted to create a, a game influenced by them. So there you go yeah. right there. Yeah. Uh, he said the development team, uh, the development team for the game was small and the development about, took about a year. Yoshida's idea was to come up with a double dragon that was not double dragon. So that's another game that, um, Solid. yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is why resonates. everyone in the game had weapons because they wanted to differentiate between, um, double dragon, like double dragon. I think you picked up weapons from time to time. Didn't yeah. you? Yeah. If I, I remember. Yep. Yeah. I might be confusing with. I wasn't people. very good. I don't know that I picked yeah. up a lot of weapons. I think I got to the helicopter and died pretty much yeah, all the no, time. Yeah, I definitely went through and beat Double Dragon, but Streets of Rage was my bread and butter. Mm, I, mean, Streets, I Streets love that game. That was yeah, a good game. For, for being honest, it's a better game than Golden Axe, but uh, Golden Axe has a sword and sorcery angle. That was the much. one where like the yeah. mayor was like a professional wrestler, like the big dude. Or the yeah, other. man, and yeah. you fight. You fought like the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Like you did, for sure. You really you did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Memories. Um, and there's just one other, like, I know I, I don't want to, like, totally bogart this, but I just want to shout out to to those who know this game. 
you know, your eyes will light up, but uh, is it Will Harvey's uh, The Immortal was a game on NES. It was on the smattering of computer titles uh, and on Sega Genesis. And it's a game called The Immortal. And this one kind of blew my mind because your protagonist, the person you played as was a wizard, which how many games did you actually play as a wizard? <coughs> Gauntlet. Yeah, that's the only <laughs> one I know. True, true, Gauntlet. But when you even think of Gauntlet, he wasn't like your main selling Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Game. I get it, right. He's but like yeah. your main character on it. Yeah, in any case, you're this wizard, but you're not just like, oh, I cast spells at you. Like, you're hacking away at dudes with a sword. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. No, you're like Gandalf. Yeah, you are kind of like <laughs> you are kind of like Gandalf. Um, and it's an isometric game, sort of an RPG. I mean, it would you would classify it as, but... Uh, Super cool music, super cool graphics. On Genesis, it was like there were literally animations where you bisected a guy down the middle. Um, you chopped off heads. You exploded heads. You burned dudes alive, goblins and trolls, which, you know, when you see that and you're like 12 years old, you're like, this is awesome. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. Kids today have no idea. Sounds like Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I had to put in a blood code, A-B-A-C-A-B-B, to get blood on my Sega Genesis yep. version of Mortal Kombat. They yep. don't know the struggle. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, The Immortal. And if nothing else, man, just uh, listen to the soundtracks on these old games. Like, Golden Axe, I, I feel in many ways it, it echoes what we said about Conan the Barbarian last week, where um, the soundtrack makes up so much of of why we love it and and the nostalgia. Um, and Golden Axe, the soundtrack in Golden Axe is incredible. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, likewise for the Immortal. Anyways, I have said uh, I have said too much. Let's move on. Logan, I know. So we're I, we went through one each at this point. Uh, I know Logan, you have one that you're really really sitting on. So why don't you do your big unveil right now? Sure. Um, my I think my main one is, is Bloodborne. Uh, not Dark Souls one, two, or three, but Bloodborne. Um, Bloodborne has swords, it has sorcery, but what really elevates it for me is its Lovecraftian influence. Mm. A lot of games that we've talked about so far, um, they're swords, they're fantasy. I I have no problem calling them at least sword and sorcery themed at the very least, but a lot of them miss the weird horror. Bloodborne is the most Lovecraftian game where you get to slay monsters I've ever ever played. Yeah, I've heard I've heard that uh, pretty much all across the board. I've seen it pop up in a lot of Lovecraft discourse. Um, yeah, and I've not I've not played it. Man, I'm too too weak to play those games. I feel like I don't have it in me. Uh, I, I heard I, that that I, one's actually digestible. I, that's, it is. I haven't yeah. played it, it yet either. I've watched it played quite a bit, but um, I hear it's a little bit easier than the other Souls games. It's far more too. fast-paced, um, and it does have a co-op option. It's weird. It's got a weird system because a lot of systems put in games from Japan, are they're just not what I would find intuitive to the Western gamer. But there is mm-hmm. co-op, and I played through most of it as co-op which makes it infinitely easier. Um, okay. But uh, there's, like, sanity. There's... A, the premise is, like, this Victorian city has been overrun with a plague, but the plague was tied to contacting 
old ones from another dimension and their blood corrupts people and it's just, it's there's a lot of um yeah that sounds a little crappy hunting um for the clues is what's actually going on because the story's not in your face but the whole time you're carrying around a big axe or a sword or like a bladed whip there are guns because instead of using a shield to block you use a pistol to parry i was going to bring that up um uh but (laughs) yeah so it's pistol to parry everyone everyone does that so it's got like a bayonet that's why they're that's why pistols were invented as a parrying weapon yeah it's a fantasy world and it's a japanese game so on occasion things do not jive with our normalcy (laughs) in the western world because they're willing to experiment and not just pump out the same games with horned helmets and medieval knights every time (laughs) um but yeah instead of using a shield it's uh you have like a flintlock pistol and it's not meant for killing things it's meant for uh disrupting movement and then giving you an opening uh although there are builds you can do where your gun would do way more damage um but they're kind of inconvenient um and very time consuming to build um i just use an axe um all the weapons are actually really fun to use there aren't very many uh because they all have two forms like the axe that i typically use can be a one-handed axe and then you switch it to like this long halberd thing hmm. um the action is really fun to use um on the surface it wouldn't appear to be your t- typical um sword and sorcery game but i think the themes inside of it are what make it sword and sorcery well it's a it's a highly regarded game like, definitely people love it and that's the company's called from, from soft yeah. yeah okay from software, um, that's it. From software. From software, that's right. Yeah, and I mean, their new game, Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice, also yeah. looks very sword and sorcery, I, except for your wooden prosthetic arm. Yeah, I very much want to get that game, but I'm also afraid of the the difficulty of that one too. Yeah, I I, I heard in one source say that it's easier, and other sources say it's much more difficult, which is just yeah. Like, okay. Who knows? And I don't know what I'm so, so afraid of. Like, I'm actually a pretty good video gamer. I just I want my video games to be somewhat relaxed. Like, yes, I don't. I don't want. I don't want to have to tread the same ground over and over. No, it, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. And I just don't have that in me anymore, man. And, and the problem that I have is that if I have, let's just say, two hours to play a video game, right? Right. Do I want that two hours to be spent making progress, or do I yes. want those two hours to be spent in just getting nothing done and being like, okay, See, tomorrow maybe I'll have a chance to play again and do the same thing, and maybe then I'll get a little bit better. Yeah. That's that's interesting because I was like that at first when I first played Bloodborne and I quit. Um, but my friend, Quitter. my old roommate, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was like, "You're looking at it wrong. Not meeting, not beating the next boss is not not progressing." You mm. learned everything, and next time you'll do better. Yeah, Dying that's... is a mechanic, not a punishment. You're supposed yeah. to die and learn from the game. It's one of the most satisfying games I've ever played. Well, that's what I hear. I hear, I hear when you finally do it, when you make the progress, it's so gratifying that, like, yeah. you know. I, I can't get on board with that philosophy. That, that, that's yeah. I just, I, that's um, just not where I'm at in life. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I get it. My, that, like, that's if it, yeah. if they're trying to teach me through frustration <laughs> then i mean i guess it's just not for me like that's just not what that's, i that's want fair. not every game's for everybody right i do want to say I, I hinted at earlier um we talked about 
how sword and sorcery may or may not fit um, in video games. There are two series and games right now that I think are hands down the most sword and sorcery games you can play, but none of them have swords in them, uh, which I think would be the one one problem. It's uh, kind of a uh, problem in yeah, the genre. Exactly. So <laughs> Uncharted, the series, 1, 2, and 3 especially, and the new Tomb Raider games are sword and sorcery stories. There's horror, there's monsters, there's evil magic. It's not usually world-ending. Everything you would get in a Conan story, you get in those games, except it's modern day and they have guns. Do you notice so if Logan's... you're looking for theme, those are the games. Logan's accent pops out when he says the word get. 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 Get, get it. it. Get it. You get it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. no, well, no, but to be fair, man, I, I think uh, I don't think that's off base at all. Like sword i mean this is why we have things called like sword and planet right mm-hmm. that also it's yeah that definitely this involves it being on a different planet but it's the themes are the are similar so yeah i mean yeah i don't uh i don't i don't think that's i don't think that's off base sword sword and nathan drake yeah yeah, yeah. good enough or actually nathan yeah. drake and sorcery yeah cuz we said no sword so sure <laughs> no swords Except yeah, yeah. four, four as a sword, but whatever. Uh, I wanted to bring something up. Do you guys remember? This is when you were talking about Bloodborne. Um, do you remember a game called Nightmare Creatures? It was on. Oh yeah, PlayStation. on PlayStation. And it was on N sixty four as well. And it was an arcade game too. I think it was. Yeah. Um, that Bloodborne just kind of reminds me of that, even though I haven't played it. It's the sort of Victorian uh, cityscape, and you're fighting big creatures. I remember that game being very it wasn't actually frightening but like the designs were quite creepy. Yeah, yeah. Um the designs of the monsters in Bloodborne especially when you get further into the game are terrifying. I yeah. think there are parts of that game that are legitimately scary. Um well, That's great. You're making like, me actually yeah. it was a free game for uh PlayStation Plus Yeah, people. I actually got it for free. Yeah. yeah, so I did I did score it at that time. Um so I have it. And you're kind of making me want to load it up and, and see what I can do with it. I would do co-op with you if you wanted to try it. That would that would be good. That way I can kind of cheat my way through it. Yeah. Yeah, I like yeah. I like that. Yeah, I might give it a whirl someday. I think I have it as well. So uh, since we're just sort of um, winding down and uh, shouting out things, I do want to also say that uh, my second pick, well, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, uh, was going to be uh, Legend of Zelda as well. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the original, the first... The Legend of Zelda. Um, yeah, man. So while I think that that also is, you know, broader fantasy, uh, I think it, it sort of puts your first, uh, especially, again, you know, coming from, from my point of view as a kid, uh, one, of, one of your first looks at, like, a true sword-wielding hero uh, up against some sort of a darker power that is uh, apparently, you know, stolen some some items of power that sort of thing and you have to go in and you're delving into these mazes and dungeons and sort of working your way through defeating things um for me that was sort of again another tip while not again not while not being fully sword and sorcery was a tip in the the direction for me and sort of like setting up my 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 trajectory yeah and you you know what i think is interesting about those old games especially like legend of zelda I think there's a weird, I don't know if I ever really put this together before, but I think my fascination with like 
miniature gaming and uh, <laughs> 3D terrain. Like has the to top do. Down. Yeah, I think it, sure. Yeah, I think it has to do with a lot of that. Is like I, I just associate the two things, and the nostalgia mixes into a little pot, and then I get these compulsions that you know, I don't necessarily know the source. Um, no, I agree though. Like I think that that's those top-down looks really mm. kind of propel a lot of like the miniature. Yeah, and the idea. Point, you know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, as you said earlier, uh, I was gonna say the pixel art on a lot of those games is old. You know, even eight-bit games, it's inspiring. The, the the level of detail or imagination they can put in those little pixel arts, yeah. and that that adds to some of the the inspiration. I think, as far as my mind goes. Yeah, totally. And I mean, the compartmentalizing of the games too. Like you're in the forest in one bit, but oh, you've gone underground. Now we set up the dungeon. Like I yeah. think that appeals to the the miniature and terrain. Uh, proclivities that i have one of the um, cool things about that game too um has been pointed out again uh by my buddy many times over is it is one of the early it's for an early video game right there hmm. is absolutely no limit as to what dungeon you go to first oh yeah you can yeah. just do it in any order there's obviously if you're like skill wise there's ones that are probably a little easier than another but you can just pick anything you want and you can figure it out yeah it's yeah. just yeah. interesting like that whole concept like, of open uh, world way back when and then they so many video games lost that feel yeah yeah clearly we're missing some we weren't trying to do a comprehensive history right. of of video games just ones that stuck out for us um there on our facebook page people mentioned some games i've never even heard of um of course there's rygar and there's Rastan, um the witcher series the elder Scrolls series uh, the Sword of Sodan, Volgar the Viking. Um, I would say Castlevania could be currently Age of Barbarian. Um, is a it's a Steam game. There's I think three of them, and yeah. it's definitely a throwback. I'm interested to check that out. I've seen a lot of pictures. Kevin uh, Demning, uh, who does Barbaric Splendor miniatures, um, he he's been sort of singing that game's praises for a while. Which, by the way, I meant to. Uh, sort of uh, advertise his minis for a while. Barbaric Splendor, if you are into sword and sorcery and miniatures, please check out his page. He mm -hmm. does great stuff. And, and he's a guy who, like, you can tell immensely gives a crap about the genre. He's like OG into sword and sorcery. Mm -hmm. So uh, do support him if you're into that. Sorry, Logan. Oh, I, want, I wanted to comment on Volgar the, the Viking. Um, I don't have this, um, but... It looks awesome. And again, this is one of these ones where I'm sort of chickening out from. Uh, it, it it looks like it's super hard, like super duper hard. But again, yeah. it's essentially a side scroll beat em up. Uh, you are a Viking kind of going at it. I think aesthetically, it's really kind of exactly what we would be talking about here. I have an idea for, for just or a, a bit of an outro. What video game that is potentially sword and sorcery focused have you not touched that you really want to uh, that maybe isn't Bloodborne since that did come up. <laughs> Is that putting people on the spot? No. No, uh, I have one. This, yeah, go ahead. Witcher 3. I was yeah. going to say Witcher 3 too. I have it. I have played it, but I've never beaten it because it's so time-consuming. Oh, man, it is so good. It yeah. is such a it is such an amazing uh, production. Like, all of the voice acting is incredible. Yeah. The, yeah, it is. It really the is. characters are excellent. Look, 
if if for no other reason play that game just so you can go into like a late fall setting with wind through the trees and the sun setting it yeah, captures that it is gorgeous and um, um yeah it I is mean... a very long game which my problem <laughs> is. is um i've gotten about halfway through twice and then i stopped because conan exiles came out and now i have no idea what's going on anymore and i feel like i'd have to start over to figure it out i'm not sure you would like there, there's so many mechanisms in the game that'll point you in the right direction and then you'll sort of i mean you could wiki yourself through it that's true i could i've read i've read several of the books as well too so that gives a good frame of reference but man dudes dudes <laughs> like and and i'm kind of a noob for the witcher too because i didn't play the first two um but you know they're not really accessible to me anymore because they're not on yeah. playstation 4 and i'm i have a thing where yeah, I don't really go backward in time to play video yeah, you games. Said you never play Morrowind, tra- travesty. Uh, no, I played a little bit of Morrowind. A oh, I thought you bit. told me one time you you wouldn't play it because it looks so old. Oh, yeah, I'm not Morrowind going to great. play it now. I'm saying that <laughs> I played a little bit. It. You should play Morrowind. Um, side yeah. note, <laughs> side note, and completely unrelated to sword and sorcery, they re-released um, Borderlands. Have you guys ever played Borderlands? Before? Oh my god. It's my it's one of my favorite, most favorite gaming series. I, I, I love I'm that stutter and thing about it. Borderlands yeah. Three comes out in September. I'm gonna die. Yep. So they re-released <laughs> the first one on PlayStation Four, like remastered. Yeah. Uh, and it's I think like it's a pretty pretty fair price of thirty bucks. So uh, I know again, my buddy was like, "We got to pick it up. We got to play because we he and I would do like Cromax runs against him like for hours yeah. and hours and hours. It's Diablo yeah. with guns. If you're not familiar, and yes. it's fantastic. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I've got some buddies who are big fans of that. Um, so, Alex, you said Witcher 3. What's yours, Logan? I, I'm going to have to agree. Uh, while I have touched it, um, I don't feel like I can necessarily sing all its praises because I've never experienced all of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know where the story ends. Um, if I was one coming out that I'd love to play, though, that I will never play is Conan Unconquered. Uh, because I can't, I I don't have a PC that's going to run it and I don't care for RTS games, but it's got the Conan name on it and I'd love to try it. Right. Sucker for Conan, that guy. Yeah. I I think it's probably, there's probably a lot of newer things on the list that are, are, I would put on here. Like I'm looking at our list and I'm thinking like, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Like that's another one I would definitely want want to really put, put some time into that, but I just don't own it. Haven't yet. You know? Yeah. I'll tell you one game I'm waiting for to grab at a good price is uh, Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's an old... The remaster came out, yep. not, what, like last year? Yeah, I think that's what he's referring to. That's the one I'm eyeballing. I hear the remaster is gorgeous, yeah. and um, I have played a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of that game, like, way back when it came out. Mm-hmm. But, like, the design, the idea, uh, like it has always really fascinated me and i actually played its predecessor i think it's called ico or ico yep um, yeah yep that was a cool game and i really now that's an example of using antiquated technology uh as far as the graphics go but use them in a way stylistically that it still ages well um and especially too with a remaster obviously it's going to look a lot better yeah but uh, did yeah. you play Last Guardian? 
which is the no, same. I was going to say that. Oh. No, I, I wouldn't think that that's your style. No, I heard that game was a mess too. Oh, I heard it was. I heard it was good. No, well, no like like things. doing the commands for the 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 beast or whatever. Yeah, like it just never does what you want it to do. Yeah, that's too yeah. Bad. I can't, but I can't handle that. Yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, no, I mean, I actually like the art design on. Uh, I thought it looked gorgeous. The last Guardian. I, yeah, uh, it does look pretty. I loved it for so long, and it took just took forever to get out that my hype died for it. Yeah, I think that happened to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. But no, uh, yeah, Shadow of the Colossus would be on my list of of things I need to check out. So I think um, that is probably a wrap for us, huh? Do we have yeah, any other uh, ones that we're missing from our list? We said oh, there's thief. probably so many. Yeah, Prince of Persia. That's another one yep. on there. God of War. Uh, just generally yep. speaking, mm-hmm. uh, we will definitely do a full episode on Exile, so we're gonna hold on that one. But that's obviously yeah, we probably to avoid the Conan games. Yeah, kind of, kind of an obvious one. Uh, um, Skyrim. We we yep. we've touched upon, and I think that you know the the beauty of those um, Elder Scroll games is you can you know build it. You build it and they will come, right? I usually play in Elder Scroll games. I decide what I want my character to be and I put limitations. Like, I'll say, yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. not going to use magic, right? This is a yeah. non-magic character. I want to play this a certain way. So you can create that sort of sword and sorcery field for yourself if you want to with that game. Yeah. Well, and I mean, last time I played it, I was pure sorcerer. And yeah. I was just fireballing. <laughs> my my most awesome. favorite build that I play every time, all too much, is uh, I get the bound bow and I go arcane archer the whole way. And yeah. so, because the so just to, to nerd out for a minute, uh, the power of <laughs> that is like the same as the um, oh what's the, 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 the yeah it's like the same as like the daedric bow with daedric arrows, and you basically have like daedric everything you know like right away. And there's a really easy way to run in and grab the uh, the spell book and learn it. It's a great build. Nice, love it. Yeah, the the, the thieves guild quest in that uh, in Skyrim is really good. Oh yeah. Um, I was really disappointed with the companions. I don't mind the werewolf stuff, uh, but it was really short. Uh, whereas the thieves guild looks like it got all the love, like the Dark Brotherhood did in Oblivion. Yeah, sure. Um, There's cool so. quest in that. Yeah. I mean, what a game! I don't, uh, you know. That, yep. that game was amazing. And I'm I, sure yeah. I haven't scratched every last bit of that either. No, I doubt but I ever will. If you want a uh, a game that's of similar ilk, a little less freedom, but with far better storytelling, The Witcher Three: The Wild Hunt, <laughs> Dragon's Dogma. Dragon's Dogma is another one. I, I don't know if you guys have played it. It's not. I have not I Sword have. and Sorcery. I love that game though. It's an interesting game. Yeah, um, love that game. The story, the the plot is very Japanese to me. It feels very Final Fantasy. Um, or something like I, it's which you know, leave it or give it or take it or leave it, but uh, it is fun. You get to climb on Cyclops, yes. Um, so that yeah. whole par- so that was Capcom, that whole yeah. paradigm led up to their Monster Hunter world. And you know, my you know, how I feel. Oh, about that Monster makes Hunter. sense. You love Monster yeah. Hunter, yeah. So that whole ability to climb on, they like they experimented with it and, and sort of sort of tested it out in Dragon's Dogma, and then they were like, well, We got something here, we'll put this into our main line of games. Yeah, it is cool. Um, it is kind of hard. Uh, I wish you could play with another actual player instead of those AI companions. Yeah, I agree. But uh, yep. yeah, it's it's worth checking out if you like fantasy games. Yeah, it's fun. It's game. got some interesting mechanics. Fun game. 
other ones. So uh, I had uh, the Dungeons and Dragons Chronicles of Mystara. So again, those are like old beat 'em ups. Oh yeah, that's a beat 'em up. Yeah. Um, the Angry Video Game Nerd. Uh, and uh, what is it? It's. Uh, <laughs> I love that guy. James man. and yeah, James and Mike Mondays went through old arcade beat 'em ups. Um, the video is actually one of their newer ones, and it talks about this game. There's a couple Dungeons and Dragons games. There's also one. Um, I think it's called Heroes of the Round Table, hmm. which is like a King Arthur sword and sorcery beat 'em up. Um, there's also a Predator beat 'em up where you get to play with Ar- as Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, uh, but oh, he's yeah. a cyborg. Alien- <laughs> Aliens versus Predator. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love uh, beat 'em ups. Cool I think they're fun. I love beat 'em ups. We need to get more yeah, of those. We need to get more of those back in our lives. Yeah. Hey, man. Well, actually, there's uh, they're redoing Streets of Rage. Yep. Which, eh, it better be good. Yeah. Is is it going to be a side scroller? It is. Yeah. And, and, but interest and it's going to be it's not it's like a more of a budget game. It's not going to be like of a AAA game or yeah. anything, but yeah. um I find that like sometimes with the newer ones they go full on anime style like obviously Streets yeah. of Rage had it there, but like because of the graphical limitations of the time, it didn't as much like the this hyper stylization wasn't as much there. It still felt somewhat gritty and like dare I say realistic. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I thought, so. I always thought it was a very realistic looking game as well, but yeah, on exactly. The note, on the note of, um, maybe not indie games, but not triple a games. I think the video gaming market needs more of these mid grade double a type games. Yeah. But there's one called Hellblade Sinua's sacrifice. That's I, I think that very familiar? sword and sorcery. Um, Hellblade. It, I've seen this. it's, Where have I seen uh, it? It's an indie game. Um, I can't remember the publisher, but you play as a Celtic woman whose husband was killed by Vikings. And you go and get revenge while she's dealing with PTSD. And, like, I guess, I don't know. I can't speak on how accurate the depiction of PTSD or whatever is. Supposedly that they uh, talk to real psychologists to get an idea of how they react and stuff. But on the whole, you're fighting like Viking dudes that appear as monsters because of her PTSD. I think it's pretty sword and sorcery. Yeah, I, I heard really uh, good things about that game, um, and I heard it's it's uh, it sort of transcends video games in the sense that it becomes uh, an experience rather than just right. a, than just a game. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, that's been on a list of mine too. Yeah. Cool. Neat. All right. So there you have it. That's our um, short list of games that we kind of think fit the fit the genre. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we would love to hear your comments. Um, give us some suggestions. I know there already have been. I think we've actually talked about some of them. Um, but if you see something that you've loved that we haven't called out, let us know. And, we'll, and this will we'll, probably be a topic we'll see again. There's so much we can cover here, and we clearly talked about it forever. Yeah, well, uh, you know, covering six or seven games is probably not the yeah. entire genre. <laughs> so <laughs> we, will, we will definitely hit more. Uh, in the meantime, uh, any last comments just on anything, guys? Savage Sword 3, or Savage Sword 4 comes out tomorrow, I believe. So if you're into that, pick it up. Very nice. Mm. I know. Groan all you want, you naysayer. <laughs> Not groaning. Uh, Anything from you? Go watch The Headhunter and spread the word um, because honestly, uh, yeah, actually, I do have something to say. 
<laughs> Should we just edit to that point where you say, oh, I have something to say? <laughs> no, no, no. And it, it ties in with like the headhunter that I feel sometimes like as sword and sorcery fans, you know, dark fantasy fans, heroic fiction, heroic fantasy fans, we're such a niche in that like sometimes we get these gifts of things. And I feel like they're gifts because there is a drought for our kind of entertainment uh, as far as getting it on the regular. So when something like that comes along, I feel like you open that gift and you cherish it. Um, and, and perhaps not uh, like essentially try and spread the word and, and support it, I guess, is, is what it is. And I think the yeah. headhunter is, is such a thing like that. And perhaps it's not uh, a lot of super explode, you know, explosions happening or a lot of intense action. Maybe it's more of a contemplative, um, you know, a c- celebrating cinematography and uh, tension and slow builds. Maybe that's not your thing, but if it's well done and it's within the genre, you know, help spread the word a bit, I guess. And, um, don't spit on these gifts, man. Yeah, that's right. Well said. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. for Matt and Logan, this is Alex. Make sure you cherish your gifts and may <laughs> your swords always remain sharp. Playing Dungeons and Dragons, Mr. Solomon? Haha. <laughs> We've got ant people. We've got Romans. We've got ant people. We've got ant people. We've got ant people. We've got ant people. We've got ant people.